Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the WAO Update. It is your host, Agent Frost, along with my partner in crime, Madam B. That's good. Tag team running it, and we are gunning it. The, the card goes as advertised. We're going to review TLC and Into the Fire. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, pull up your socks and get ready. We will be right back with the main card. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is main card time as we kick it off with the review of NWA Into the Fire. So... This happened at uh, the GPB Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, for all, the same venue for all of their uh, NWA Power tapings, December 14th, 2019, seven, ch- uh, seven matches, so pretty stealth, and this went only, what, 2.30, 2 hours, 30 minutes max, so shorter than the average pay-per-view, so not bad, not bad at all. Um, overall, this show kind of felt like a house show. You know, it didn't really feel, you know, like the best pay-per-view ever, but, you know, there was some solid, there was some, some good, some good stuff, some, you know, some average stuff, but overall, you know, uh, a nice appetizer, if you will. So, to kick it off, we had Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson. They introduced music for a set en- for the entrances, and they have them uh, enter through the crowd, uh, right where the uh, their posters are. So uh, there was a lot of taunting in this match, uh, tying up. In the build, they kind of had Eli Drake turn heel on Ken Anderson, but. In this match, Anderson was the heel and Eli was the face, which is weird. Um, but overall, it was uh, it wasn't a bad match. You know, it's kind of what you expect from both these guys at this stage in their careers, which is a 2.5 effort. Um, they had a what was it? Anderson at the finish of the match. Uh, Eli Drake jumps up for the superplex. Nice agility from him. Anderson blocks it and tries to go for a sunset powerbomb. And then Drake just plops, drops his weight on Ken Anderson and uh, rolls him up tight and got the one, two, three. So Eli Drake wins. Um, They had an interview segment with Dave Marquez welcoming Nick Aldis. And talks about the uh, the lineage of the NWA and keeping it alive. Then James Storm comes out. So, a pre-match confrontation. Not to mention the. Not to mention uh, James Storm correcting Nick Aldis saying, "Oh, we did this as a team. It wasn't all you." And you will hear the announcer say, "And new NWA World Champion." So a debuting Tasha Steeles versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, I give this match. Uh, I give it a two seven five. It was pretty. It was pretty decent. Uh, Tasha Steeles uh, is Puerto Rican. Thunder Rosa is Mexican. So you have that Latino feud. Um, I don't know if that exists in real life. Hopefully it doesn't, because uh, 
I would like people to live peacefully. Uh, Steals plays to the crowd, talking trash, and then Rosa taking advantage and hitting a lariat to take control. Uh, loud chance for Thunder Rosa, so Tasha Steels wasn't <laughs> the popular one out of the two. Uh, Steels gets some chops in, but uh, and, T and uh, Rosa comes back with a drop toe hold and then has a standing surfboard submission, something we haven't seen in a while. So Rosa goes up for a double stop, double stomp. Steels moves out the way and hits a kick. She screams for the culture, uh, Tasha Steeles does, and hits a running cutter for the two. And uh, Rosa hits the running knee, running boot, and then uh, double stomp to Steeles back for the pin, as Thunder Rosa win. And uh, the crowd chants Thunder Rosa after the match, and then she uh, attacks Tasha Steeles. Actually, Vox comes in with much better gear, but... She ends up getting attacked by Thunder Rosa as well, including a, including um, getting her in a arm lock by pretty much putting the knee, putting her knee next to her elbow, causing it to extend profusely. So Ashley Vox is out. Who is is she gonna be in the um, tag match with Melina and uh, Marty Bell later on? You'll have to find out. So, this match coming up next is a 175 for me. The question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. This was the weak match of the night. Uh, I think they overexposed question mark. Question mark comes out accompanied by Aaron Stevens, who is uh, is dressed up in a gi, and pretty much uh, Stevens talking on the microphone, addressing the crowd. Uh, celebrating the uh, <laughs> the Mongolian tradition by having the question mark sing the national anthem, which was quite hilarious. It was just him grunting. Then Trevor Murdoch interrupts. These two have a match uh, tie up. These are two big men. I mean, these. I mean, this is literally like what almost 600 pounds in this ring. So, and you got a chop heavy uh, question mark and a rough and tough style version of Trevor Murdoch. So a lot of brawling, double chomps. Uh, question mark did land a missile drop kick, which, is, which was pretty interesting. Uh, Trevor Murdoch hits, a running, hits a, a running boot and a standing spine buster, which actually looked pretty good. Uh, distraction by Aaron Stevens cost uh, Trevor Murdoch the win as the question mark connects with a double spike strike. So yeah, 175. Uh, this match went kind of too long. And Aaron Stevens, to me, should have just mind his own business. So. Um, they recapped the Rock and Roll Express defeating the Wild Cards. Which was probably the pop of the night. Uh, throughout that throughout that on um, that whole episode of NWA Power, they come out. They are accompanied by Outlaw Inc., Eddie Kingston, and Homicide. They interview with Dave Marquez, Ricky Morton, saying that Kingston and Homicide are their insurance policy because the Wild Cards are a dangerous tag team. So to re to um to their response, the Wild Cards come out with actual matching gear for once. 
and they bring out the Dawsons. So this was a two and a quarter. Um, I was gonna go for a two, but two and a quarter mainly because uh, Ricky Morton did a Canadian Destroyer yet again, much better than the a the AEW one. He also hits a suicide dive. Um, not bad for a sixty-year-old man. The Dawsons and Outlaw Inc. begin to brawl. The distraction causes um, the Rock and Roll Express to hit their signature double drop kick to pin the wild cards. So nothing match, but you know some some good shine, and uh, Rock and Roll retain their belts. So this pay-per-view then so on this pay-per-view they announced that on January 24th we'll have their next NWA pay-per-view and then Stu Bennett who was on commentary for this revealed the returning NWA Television Championship and the first champion will be crowned at said pay-per-view so January 24th 2020 everyone So they have an interview with Eli Drake insulting Dave Marquez and uh, polls the crowd who they is going to win uh, the main event. And, the, and all the crowds chants all this. Anderson comes out and beats the crap out of uh, Eli Drake. And grabs a chair. And uh, sets it on. And um, puts, it in, puts it in between Eli Drake's neck. And rams him into the turnbuckle post. As uh, Eli Drake is um, selling the onslaught. And... Uh, you have the officials come out, the referees come out, and they help him to, and they help Eli Drake to the back. So Allison K is out. Uh, this is the next match. Allison K uh, and to be determined versus Marty Bell Molina. She's out for. She comes out with the NWA Women's Title. Ashley Vox is not with her, obviously, because she got hurt by Thunder Rosa. Melina and Marty Bell come out. Melina still doing the splits at 40 years of age is ridiculous. Uh, she's very flexible. She aged pretty well. Nice ring gear. And Marty Bell's Marty Bell. Uh, the uh, what was it? The announcer says that Allison K has a partner. So it's ODB. ODB makes her debut in NWA, and the crowd gets a and she gets a, a nice pop from the crowd. This match was uh, another two and a half, pretty good. Um, well, another average. There was a lot of average matches on this, you know. So, I mean, it that's that's how it kind of felt. It was pretty much an average pay per view with a solid main event. Um, so, Kay and Melina begin. Uh, Melina, I was quite skeptical because she hasn't wrestled in a long time. So, she was pretty much playing the chicken heel. Marty Bell doing all the work. Uh, ODB, and uh, they're working on Allison K for a while. ODB getting the hot tag. Goes through Marty Bell. Hits the fallaway slam. Avalanche splash. ODB uh, hits the Bronco Buster. So, and she goes for a pin. Melina breaks it up. And then you have a brawl ensued as the tag team match breaks down to an all-out brawl. Uh, ODB tying Melina up for the uh, Powell Driver. Marty Bell gets uh, thrown to ODB with the, for the TKO and the pin. So ODB and Allison K win. And, uh, and after the match, as ODB can... She offers a flask to the commentators, and Allison K takes a sip from the flask. So, 
pretty cool stuff. So the penultimate uh, match, the second to last, the triple threat match, Colt Cabana versus Ricky Starks versus Aaron Stevens for the NWA National Championship. Uh, two seven five. Uh, uh, no, not two seven five. I give I give this a I give this a three. It was it was actually pretty good, pretty good triple threat match. Uh, they didn't they didn't try to like have um you know one person waiting forever then. The other, uh, the other two fighting off most of the time. It only happened like as the match was going on, because obviously, you know, they're trying to get you want to get a break, and it was mainly Coca Cabana. But um, Ricky Starks comes out, gets a pop. Uh, Aaron Steve, um, Aaron Stevens doesn't get a pop, but the question mark does. Obviously, Coca Cabana gets a pop. They all taunt. Obviously, Aaron Stevens getting booed. So you have. Cabana and Starks both going after Stevens, hitting bionic elbows and chops in the corner. Uh, the question mark nails Cole Cabana outside as Stevens works over Ricky Starks. You uh, had atomic drops onto Stevens, and they and uh, Cabana and Starks hit the wishbone. Stark turns on Cabana, obviously, because Aaron Stevens has been neutralized. Uh, back and forth pinfall, pinfall attempts. Stark nearly wins the match with a backslide. Cabana tries to go for the Superman pin, but the question mark hits a spike on Cabana without the referee noticing. As Steven sneaks in the pin on Cabana to win the title. So Ricky Stark's uh, safe space. He didn't get. He do, he doesn't get pinned. And Aaron Stevens is your new uh, national champion. Man, I cannot speak right now. But yeah, Aaron Stevens wins. And Stevens says he won the title thanks to the power of karate. Or as the question mark says it, karate. So your main event, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron, uh, uh, not Aaron Stevens. James Storm versus Nick Aldis. NWA World's Championship, two out of three falls. For the first fall, it's... Uh, Brian Hebner, second fall, Tim Storm, uh, third fall, they flip a coin to see who's going to ref. Tim Storm is out in a referee shirt, talks with Alex Marquez. Not Alex Marvez, that's another person. Alex Marquez, and uh, thanks the NWA fans, and saying it's not even a privilege, and he's going to do his best to officiate the match. Followed by a pretty good... A package to hype up the match. James Storm comes out. Nick Aldis comes out. Crowd chanting for Aldis. So we begin with a tie-up. You know, classic wrestling. Aldis hits. Aldis uh, switches for a waist lock. Storm grabs the waist with the uh, and thus begins a pretty solid sequence of chain wrestling. Camille comes out and. Uh, Al and um, Nick Aldis is appalled by this, telling her to go to the back. She finally goes to the back. Storm hits the last call to get the pinfall and the first fall over Nick Aldis. So Storm is up 1-0. So Tim Storm is refereeing the match as Brian Hebner leaves. And Storm continues his attack. Tim Storm jumps into the ring and giving Aldis a chance to regroup. So here we go. Uh... All this is getting beat here. 
Tim Storm yelling at the referee to make the count. All this beats it by a nine count. Storm. Storm us whipping. Storm getting whipped by Nick Aldis into the Christmas tree, <laughs> which gets a Merry Christmas chant. I thought that was pretty cool. Storm going after Aldis's leg. And then Storm, Storm getting frustrated because he can't beat Nick Aldis at this point, bringing in a steel chair. And uh, Storm gets rid of the chair after Tim. Okay, there's too many Storms. James gets the chair. And after Tim says he will get disqualified, Storm gets uh, J James gets rid of the chair. Too many storms. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Aldis catching him in the jackknife pin, turning it into a cradle, and then they rock back and forth trying to get the upper advantage of the uh, cradle. As Aldis got the advantage, pinning Storm into the cradle for the three count. So Nick Aldis wins. Coin toss. Brian Hebner uh, officiating the third fall. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Storm hitting the jawbreaker, going for a lung blower, but all this um, blocking it twice. What was it? Um, all this going for a superplex, and then he goes for another one, but Storm uh, James Storm headbutting head him off, and then hitting a diving elbow. Uh, all this going for the cloverleaf, and then going for, and then Storm gets a cradle for the two count. Storm applying the figure four, and then all this fighting it to turn it over as it reverses the pressure, and he does. So, and at and um, all this goes for a chop, he, and then he ends up going for a lariat, but hits Brian Hebner, so the referee is down during the crucial point of the match. Completing that cliche, uh, Tim Storm checking on him, and then he comes in to officiate the match, obviously. Storm uh, gets a close two count for the uh, sit-down pin. Last shot as Aldis falls into the falls into the corner, and sneaky Aldis removing the turnbuckle. So normally, at this point, the one who performs a devious act gets their comeuppance from said devious act. So you would assume that all this, this will be all this is downfall, but no, it actually works because all this pushing Storm after a backside roll up into the exposed steel as Storm collapses, all this applying the cloverleaf as Storm is pretty much unresponsive at this point and Tim Storm calling for the bell. So Nick Aldis retains the championship. Um, so obviously you can see some heel tactics here, and um, I give this a three. I give this a. Uh, I give it a three. It was pretty good, but um, it, it was pretty good. It, a very solid two out of three falls match. Nick Aldis and uh, James Storm did the best they could in this match. Um, it wasn't going to be a four-star match by any means, no matter how hard they tried, to be honest. Um, I thought the match was very slow-paced from time to time, but actually, to be fair, let me give it a three and a quarter. It was actually pretty, it was uh, the best match of the night, to be honest. So, commentary calling to finish very controversial, obviously, because the exposed turnbuckle. 
And because as Tim Storm wasn't the assigned referee and James Storm never quit. So you can have so Jim, James Storm. That's a Jim Storm. James Storm has a legitimate gripe against all this. Man, these storms are confusing my brain. So Marquez interviews Nick Aldis. And pretty much gloats about him. Uh, actually, he doesn't gloat. Because he says normally he would gloat as his younger self would. But he chooses to celebrate the greatness of the NWA. Lights go out and then you hear the villain's music. And it is the villain. Marty Skrull shows up at the NW at the uh, NWA into the fire pay-per-view as holy S-H-I-T chants ensued. Coming to the ring, staring down all this as scroll as a uh, scroll goes to the interview desk and fade to black. So great build-up um, for the main event. Main event was solid, and um, a return match possibly as Marty Skull comes in and challenging Nick Aldis, saying, "I'm here. I'm coming for your belt." As um, they actually had a match at the Crockett World Cup where uh, Skrulls came up short, so he can try to go for it again. Not to mention he's a free agent, I think, because correct me if I'm wrong. His um, villain Enterprise stable is over and done with. PCO is the new Ring of Honor World Champion after defeating Rush, and Marty Skrull's contract with Ring of Honor's probably en- is a uh, is ended by this point in time, and and a lot of people are contemplating if he was going to go to AEW or WWE. He shows up in NWA, so swerve everyone. But all in all, I give this into the Fire pay per view a B minus. It was very standard, very average, some solid wrestling, and a pretty good main event. So besides the main event, besides the women's tag, and and the uh, triple threat match for the national championship, everything else you can pretty much skip, including the uh, NWA World Tag Team Championship match, with all due respect to the Rock and Roll Express. So yeah, the longest match on the show was the main event, 22 minutes. Not bad. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is part one of our main card. We will return with our TLC review. Stay tuned. Okay, so this is at the Target Center at Target Arena or Target Center? Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes. Minnesota. Uh, sorry, guys. There was no fight between Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. We missed it. Anyway. <laughs> um, this pay-per-view felt like a thrower. Mm-hmm. This was so... It was very strange from the stuff that we have seen. But then again, I will, I will admit, here and now, mm-hmm. that... I have been out of the WWE loop as of late, just simply because I don't care. There was no loop. There was no loop. It was just so bizarre. It's like we went from one of the strongest Mm pay-per-views to one of the Mm not-so-strongest. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't fantastic. It was a blah. It's kind of like bland chicken with a side of white rice. 
bland, 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 bland. Yes. So we did have a uh, pre-show though. We did. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah, uh, definitely one of the better pre-show matches uh, I've ever seen. It was um, Andrade mm -hmm. take with uh, Selena Vega mm -hmm. versus Humberto Carillo. Mm. Um, it was a rematch. Now, why was this a rematch? I have no idea. They just need a filler. I mean, there's only, what, seven matches, so you have eight. So... Um, Pretty good match, nice back and forth. Um, Andrade did get busted open. Mm. Um, a little bit of a confusion with um, Zelina getting into the mix, and Humberto Carrillo ended up winning the match. Yay! Causing further dissension between Andrade and Zelina, as Andrade got really pissed and walked out by himself. Ooh, not good. But yeah, solid match. I give it two thumbs up. I'm inclined to agree. It starts with the whole, um, it, it's, again, going back to the basic WCW formula. We, again, we should put that on a shirt. WCW formula, you either start with a tag or start with a good cruiserweight match or a lucha match. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's a good aperitif for what is to come, so. Yeah. Um... Oh, and Big Man just texted us. He's a... Uh, off on a reconnaissance mission right now. He just messaged me one thumb up. Cool. Alright, so uh, the main card of the show. Mm -hmm. We had a ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Mm -hmm. Representing the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Big E taking on the Revival. Mm -hmm. Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. <coughs> Off the bat, this is the best match of the night. I gave it a three and three quarter. Mm -hmm. It was a very solid, uh, not outstanding, but very solid uh, ladder match. Not to mention, uh, th there's Big E had his chance to shine a lot, like especially the dive through the ropes, the freaking big ending off the ladder. Time out. Big E did a tope. He did a spear through the ropes. Mm. Remember, remember how we were talking about how Big E shouldn't do that anymore? <laughs> big man, no fly. Yeah, he Go proved big us. men make liars out of us. We're going to talk about 300 pounds just hitting you like a truck. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, and uh, scary spot. Because you know how they have, and every ladder match, they have the tandem set up, uh, bridging a ladder between either the turnbuckle post to the other ladder mm -hmm. or the rope to the ladder. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Scott Dawson suplexing Big E. They're going to break the ladder, right? Right. Big E only caught... The edge of it. Oof. So they're like, screw it. D D Dash Wilder, to, to this day, in, at least in WWE, I've never seen him jump off the top rope. Mm -hmm. He jumped off the top rope. And uh, broke the ladder with Biggie. Wow. Splashed on Biggie. Yes, wow. the only time you'll ever see the revival fly. So, <laughs> yeah, Shadow Machine, Kofi Kingston... Um, I mean, the crowd was red hot for Kofi. Yep. But yeah, after the and it um was it looked like the revival was gonna win, but Kofi, uh, after Kofi jumped on the ladder, he did get caught at one point, but hence why Biggie got the big ending. Mm -hmm. Kofi um grabbed the belts and won. Uh huh. So the new day are still your SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Okay. So three and three quarter. Very good. Um, 
going to go ahead and give it the same. Mm-hmm. Would give it more, but we've seen this a million times. Yeah, it's, you can't really uh, do much with that. No, and it's like, it reminds me of, I can't remember, I think it was uh, J.T. Davidson mentioned this. He said, you have guys, especially on the indies, who are married to each other. They'll turn around and do, um, they'll do shows together for three, four months doing almost the same thing. The New Day and the Re- Revival are pretty much married to each other at this point. But yeah. We're getting, we're ca- we've caught on and we're getting more. I mean, it's at the, I think the reason why is because this has been going on for the better part of a year. Mm-hmm. Because you have the Revival and the New Day headlining matches through multiple pay-per-views in multiple weeks throughout this past couple this past year because the Usos are not there. Uh, heavy Machinery is pretty much a joke at this point. So they're the only two credible tag teams. Really? With all due respect to the Viking Raiders mm-hmm. and the OC, they're the only two that are credible. They're the only two that matter. Well, in the case of the OCs, it's just that I hate saying this, but facts are facts. The OC's getting old. No, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's... It, I hate saying that, it's just, but the truth of the matter is, is that these guys are like in the twilight, they're kind of like riding off, which almost riding off into the sunsets of their career. They haven't really established a run, though, What you, if you really think about it. They, they, they really haven't. They, they were sipping the wine instead of drinking bottles of it. Right. And I, I think a lot of it is just that they don't really have to. I, I think they need, I think they need to. Mainly because I'm, it's I don't know I mean they're they're just there for the money at this point yeah money financial security and I just I just I would love to see them being pushed better especially if they're your tag best tag team in the world we'll yeah, get right. to that match oh uh, next match on the card uh next match on the card waking my phone up let's see we got Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy this surprisingly was a skippable match it this wasn't was bad. Really I give it two and a half. It wasn't bad. It wasn't fan- it wasn't fantastic. It was solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Buddy Murphy had some chances to shine. Alistair Black's gear looks like he shattered black mass on the back of his tights. <laughs> Get rid of that gear, mate. Um, yeah. It's, it's it, not a good look. Yeah. I mean, the only highlight of the match is that Alistair Black's nose got busted open. And he hit black mass out of nowhere for the pin. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. So, it's, yeah, two and a half stars, it's, it's, everybody. It's basically, it is what it is. It's a typical Alistair Black match. Yes. I, I do like um, Buddy Murphy taunting Alistair Black by, you know, sitting in Indian style. Yeah. But it, it, it's getting to a point where it's like, yeah. Alistair's been so out of the loop for so long right now. And Buddy Murphy is the same thing. It's like, like him as a wrestler, but... He has no real charisma to speak of. No, he hasn't. They should have did what they done to him when he was a uh, cruiserweight champion. And for Aleister Black, they need to stick with what he did in NXT. And and as far as those two go in particular, mm-hmm. in this match, besides the taunting, the uh, the the uh, catch as catch can mm-hmm. in the beginning and the black mask at the end, everything else I can't. Everything else just went up like a blur. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of, it's like these two phoned it in 
mm-hmm. instead of having an actual showcase, which these two are physically capable of doing. And that's the thing that just disappoints me. And also, there was no... A fundamental problem with this pay-per-view in general, and I know we're going to elaborate more into it, is that there was practically no build for any of this. <laughs> because For any of these matches. Except one. Except, except with the exception of maybe one or two. And that's it. Yeah. And that's simply because... Anyone, and the spoiler alert is, both of them were SmackDown feuds. I know. And that's the thing that bugs the crap out of me, so it's like... I don't know why WWE decided to not announce any matches until like the week of. I, th- I think it's the fact that it's not the big four. Yeah. So they can care less now. So this is like a throwaway pay-per-view. It's a throwaway pay-per-view. They're gearing up for the Rumble. Hopefully they do. Um, which, spoiler alert, will be our main event. Um, okay, goody. So uh, what would you give this match? Um, I'm giving it a two. All right. Not great. Could be a lot better. Mm. But... Uh, um, ruined, uh, opportunity. So, there. Okay, so, next one up on the card. Speaking of tag teams, we got the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, versus the OC, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. This is where everything went downhill. <laughs> Two matches in. Um, so, Viking Raiders come, well, before that, we had these four... Uh, fans got ringside seats, part of the uh, KFC bucket, the uh, sweepstakes or whatever. Uh-huh. So they're there with KF with eating KFC and you know with buckets of chicken and some uh, gravy, mashed potatoes and uh, mac and cheese. S- so the Viking Raiders come out and they're issuing an open challenge, right? Right. What's the most logical team for the Viking Raiders? Yes. Is it the best tag team in the world? I mean, you would think so because in Crown Jewel, they lost to to said team. Mm -hmm. So it would only make sense, right? That would make sense. So why is it an open challenge? Why not further further build this into an actual championship match? Reasons? Because reasons. (laughs) So with that said... Once I saw that that display that 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 KFC ringside setup, I'm like, this is not going to end well for those fans. Oh, no, someone's losing a chicken. Someone's losing a drumie, and it's going to be sad. So, with all due respect to this, uh, to this, uh, to all four competitors, mm-hmm. this match gets a one and a half, uh, and it was nothing, and it ended in the DQ. Double count both, out. Both guys got counted out. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And then the post match assault. Uh, Carl Anderson got put through the table. Almost always a sin. The post match assault. This whole great TLC, everyone. Yeah. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Watch your chicken. Watch it. Yeah, they're holding on that chicken for dear life. I'll tell you that. Well, I can't blame them but, too uh, harshly. But so. that mashed potatoes and mac and cheese had a family, you psychos. <laughs> uh, shout out to Grinch. Maniac. Shout out to Grinch Toy Show. Um, All right. but yeah, what would you give the match? What would you give the match and what do you think? What are you Zero thoughts? stars. Wow. Zero stars. That's like the second time you've given a match zero stars. Because the problem, because the problem I have is the way it was booked, mm-hmm. it was booked poorly. It was booked 
purely for promotion. There was no setup for it. It, it. it was just a mess. Literally and figuratively. It's like, why bother? I You were more harsh on this than I was. Because, like, I thought the match was fine for what it was. It's just the count out. I'm just like... Yeah, double count outs. I, don't like I hate it. And not to mention, not to mention the fact that you know it would the counter would have made sense if you actually build up this feud. But at the same time, if you have the best tag team in the world, might not have OC beat Viking Raiders. That would have made a lot of sense. But you know, then the Viking Raiders would be leaving with egg on their face with an you know called out an open challenge and well, failed. I was about to say they they have been lukewarm the whole time. What what what's the Viking Raiders done? Come on, Viking gear beating up jobbers. Pretty much. It's like they're they're two big men in a tag team, so they're being booked like just two traditional big men. It's boring. I'm sorry. It's boring as shit. And then, of course, you've got um, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, who, let's face it, we've said it before. I'll say it a million times over. They are the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid of wrestling right now. They are riding off into the sunset, and they're just coasting just mm-hmm. to get that paycheck. I doubt when spring cleaning comes around. Mark my words: if they resign, I'll if they'll if they resign, I'll drink pickle juice or something. Okay. Why pickle juice? I don't know. I just made that up. But no, I'll I'll let I'll let the fans decide what I should do. I mean, oh, but uh, here's the thing: I'm not touching a live fish, and I don't know. There's lots of crap I won't do. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I seriously doubt we're gonna be seeing these guys with a big run anytime soon. But then again, I've been wrong before, and I always. Own up to my wrong, uh, to my, when I'm wrong, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so next one up. Ugh. Oh, I hear this, and I think I know what match is coming up next. King Corbin mm-hmm. with Dolph Ziggler and the Revival against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Okay, so it's Roman versus the world, like Pretty 2016. Much. So, this was a table, ladders, and chairs match because reasons. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't it just be a regular chairs match or just a hardcore match or anything else because they didn't use ladders yeah. or chairs. They used tape. Well, they used chairs and tables, but no ladders. Yep. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out, beats up Baron Corbin security. Mm-hmm. So, you already know this is going to be over, overly booked, um, which was fine because I didn't care. But, I mean, which, which is fine because, you know, Roman needs to get his comeuppance, but... This is where 50-50 booking comes into play. Spoiler alert, Baron Corbin wins because Roman was fighting off, like you said, Ziggler, Revival, uh, Baron Corbin security. Uh-huh. And Corbin won, you know. And not to mention, Corbin used a, a, do- a can of dog food as a weapon. Like, not again. And then Dolph Ziggler appeared and was beating up part of the ring crew, was going to humiliate him and... You know, it it was a nothing match. I give it a two, and the reason why I give it a two is because out of all that Roman Reigns has endured, nobody came out on his behalf. Where's Shorty G? Where's Ali? Where are the Usos? And he lost. 
Yep. I mean, albeit, it's like, oh, it took so many people to beat him, which is fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that Roman has been treated like a quote-unquote canine for the past couple of weeks. That you would think we would get a payoff. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. It's going to continue yet again. Which is why I give it a two. This is my least favorite storyline. I'm giving it a one and a half. Just simply because start off was great. It was going well. It's just like baking a souffle. It's going well. It's coming along. It's got that perfect little poof. And then it sinks. It's, It's terrible. It... It's like pulling out a cake too early. It pretty much. It was just like, they're, the, again, another solid case of, you know, 50-50 booking, like you said, but also booking yourself into a corner. And no logical payoff whatsoever. This was just plain bad. And, you know, like you said, he like, yeah, it, well, and to me, it just made him look like a chump. And I know a lot of people are going to say, but it took four guys to beat him. Yeah, four guys to beat him, true. But it still makes sense. Not to mention two of them were injured. Exactly. (laughs) In the revival. Two of them just had a match before. So you got a tag team pulling double duty. You got Dolph Ziggler, who looks like a five below version of John Morrison, except with a bleach The thing is, they could have done so much with this. Because mm-hmm. uh, later on, they ended up having a brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and said brawl could have been done in the match itself. Where you have Gable out there and Ali out there and fending off the guys. Then you have that spot where Corbin, uh, Roman spears Corbin mm-hmm. and through the crowd or does a dive into the crowd, knocking down all the goons. You know, Roman finally getting his comeuppance, mm-hmm. being his true SmackDown leader and all. Uh, hopefully it ends at the Rumble. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. If they stretch this out till Mania, man, there better be a damn good reason. Yeah, thank you. All right, so next one up, we got Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. The promos leading up to this was pretty solid. I like Miz's serious, seriousness promo. This is the... This is the I've never seen The Miz this series before, since Talking Smack. Same here. And uh, this, the I love the whole uh, doll invasion, puppet invasion of Monroe Sky's room. Mm-hmm. Like that, everyone played everyone played their role great in that, right? Mm-hmm. So The Miz comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And already I'm hating this match. The Miz comes out, does his subdued. A freaking hit with his uh, freaking Willy Wonka attire and yeah, with subdued entrance and you know tries to be serious but also being a bit flashy. I'm just like, why don't you just come out all piss and vinegar? Right. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. this guy has literally terrorized your family. Yep. Any any other action, this guy would have been in, you know Bray would have been in jail for. So Bray Wyatt comes out. With, a, you know, Mr. Rogers' version. Yeah, not Fiend version, which was, which was unusual to see. But it was fine if they did. It was fine, but they kind of booked themselves toward a corner. It's like it's kind of like, 
oh, it's, it's okay, to protect the Fiend, we're going to use Bray Wyatt. So they gave him a reason to possibly lose the match, mm-hmm. but Bray won. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which kind of killed the miz and i'm a just like the bit. miz has had a horrible year let's be honest and i think the punishment for miz is for him to be babyface i thought he was have you think about that face. ever since the miz turned actual babyface he lost shane right at mania and in multiple pay-per-views Lost to Shinsuke mm-hmm. to retain to capture the Intercontinental Championship. Now he lose. Now he's losing against the Fiend, or I mean, not even the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so but, wait a minute. That's wait a minute. So just because you're hypothesizing, because again, this is all we we have not been in the war room of WWE headquarters while they discuss creative things. So you're hypothesizing that The Miz is being punished for not just being a babyface, but being over as a babyface. And because of that, he's basically losing? Yeah, because look at all the times. Because I remember when the last time The Miz turned babyface in 2013, and he had a feud with Wade Barrett where he ended up losing, and they turned him back heel because it was so garbage. Uh, well... Yeah. I mean, at least... Miz is not a babyface, people. Well, he works well as a babyface, but then again, he could also work as a tweener. I don't know. Just have him be the Miz. Anyway. Anywho. Uh, Bray Wyatt comes out uh, very... Um, Mr. Rogers. Schizophrenic Bray yeah. Wyatt, which is fine, you know. He's, he's, uh, he's, very, psych- he's very psychotic in this match, and in the character and the story did very well. Miz mm-hmm. is beating the, beating the crap out of him, and Bray's loving it. And then Bray was like try, trying not to fight, but he ended up fighting him. So he kind of have that, you know, that fiend, that anger come out, and then he goes back to smiling again. Yeah, yeah. The Miz performs the worst knees I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, in the corner, he he's he don't do that anymore. Yeah, please don't. And um, yeah, Bray hit the sister, finish of the match. Bray mm-hmm. hits sister Abigail. Mm-hmm. Goes into the ring. It's just Abigail again. One, two, three. Uh-huh. This was a nothing match. Wow. Story-wise, it was there. For match quality, it was fine. But it went too... It, 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 it just went a bit long. It was a bit long in the tooth. Six, it, in terms of getting the character over. Yeah, it was six minutes and forty seconds. I yes. thought it was way. Oh, it was way than longer that. too, and it's only six minutes, which should tell you something. Hence, why I give it a one seven five. You know what, though, I give it a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the match quality was just not there, but promo wise, push wise, storyline wise, character wise, those elements were there. And also, I give it a, you know, I give it more than that, just simply because we've never really seen Mr. Rod, we've never seen Bray Wyatt come out and wrestle. We have. I I don't remember seeing it, though. We've seen Bray Wyatt come out and wrestle. Not the Mr. Rogers version, but we have seen Bray Wyatt wrestle. Yeah. The reason why I give it a low score is because of the fact that The Miz got buried in this match. And in terms of... Him, you know, having fire and everything. 
they should have had Miz come out, have that, you know, have flyer, right? Mm-hmm. And then Bray's like, no, stop, 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 stop. Or, you know, hit, and then he ends up liking the pain and then he gets angry. Sister Abigail, one, two, three, right? Yeah. So the Miz is giving it his all. It's just the fact that it went a little bit too long to where it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude, let's go. But yeah. it's, but character wise, it's like we've seen, I've seen, I have not seen this version of Bray Wyatt wrestle so that's why i was like okay i'm giving it a little bit more for what it was um still not a still not a great match but storyline wise it was definitely one of the better ones but that's me uh let's see post-match salt yep the fiend shows up on screen mm-hmm. after bray forgives miz and he's like okay i'll do it and just um beats up the miz again gets the mallet Mm-hmm. And it's going to hit him, and then the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it took a while for the lights to go out, actually. Yeah. Out comes uh, the red herring. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hits him with the running knee, mm-hmm. reveals himself. It's Orange Cassidy. Wait, Br- uh, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I was just going to say, not no sunglasses. <laughs> no sunglasses. Um, yes, uh, American Dragon style Daniel Bryan. One we haven't seen since 2011. Which is so nice to see. Not to mention the fact that it looks like he hasn't aged at all. No. So, good on you, uh, Daniel. Good, good on you too, Daniel. And uh, Daniel stands tall over the uh, the braster. Yep. Grabs the mallet. Lights go out. Light comes back on. Bray's gone. Poof. So, uh, Daniel Bryan embraces the fans and he walks out to the back. Alright. So... You know, good build. It's just the fact that the Miz was a roadblock. So, which stinks, but we'll see what happens. Um, I did, did not like the fact that Miz got buried in this match, but you know, if if the pro, if the theory of the fiend hurt heel has anything to do with it, we'll probably see a heel Miz again. Probably. But we'll see. Moving right along, singing a song as Sonic does. We've got Bobby Lashley with Lana mm-hmm. versus Rusev. Two seven five. I thought this match was pretty good. Um, better than average. A uh, better than average tables match. Um, mm-hmm. Rusev using the guardrail as one use as one grabs a woman as one grabs the weapon. One must go through said weapon. Yep. As uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, it was either spear or power bomb. Rusev went through the guardrail, and I don't know if it, if he if it was because he went through the guardrail guardrail or Lashley just whacked him with the kendo stick so much. Rusev got a gash on his back. Oh, you saw that too. You know, not hardcore Holly level, but really close. But it was it was a it was a, enough to make it go ooh that's gonna sting in the shower. Not to mention Lashley threw the table against the LED post and it like disintegrated yeah that kind of sucked um Lana causing the distractions mm-hmm. at one time refusing at, at one time pulling the table off the ring yep and dropped it quickly cause she didn't want she didn't want to avoid ruining her nails of course um, so back and forth uh Rusev was strong crowd was chanting Rusev day finish of the match uh Lashley had the table set up on one corner table set up on the other corner, right? Right. 
Rusev was getting ready for the kill. Lana comes in and grabs and pretty much goozles Rusev. He chokes Rusev from behind, right? Mm-hmm. So, Bobby Lashley, this is the per. Okay, so Bible. I'm like, okay, Bobby Lashley's gonna spear and win, which, spoiler, Lashley won. Um, Lana jumps off. Lashley spears Rusev through the on the table. It didn't break. Mm-hmm. So Lashley just suplex. Um, or yeah, and then Lashley just throws Rusev into the other table, and Lashley wins. So in my estimation, the wrong person won. Yeah. You can't. You know, and it's like, oh, maybe it maybe can stretch out to Rumble. The reason why it can't stretch out to Rumble, how do you top what they already have done building this feud? How? Okay. Except the fact that they get married. Except the fact that Lana and Lashley get married. We have yet another, you know, marriage well, wedding reception where it gets ruined by Rusev. We seem Been to- there, done that. Thank you. Now. To me, the wrong person won. Rusev should have won this match because Rusev hasn't won a single pay-per-view match, correct me if I'm wrong, since 2015 when he beat Cena. Yep. I'm just like, why? And here's what should have happened, right? Yes. Rusev, okay, book everything until the... Lana choking Rusev, right? Yep. At that point, mm-hmm. as Lashley's sitting up for the spear, Rusev moves out the way. Lana's there. Lashley spears Lana through the table. Yep. Is and is distraught, right? Yep. Lashley's enraged and tries to uh, grab Rusev and throw him through the other table in the corner, but that doesn't work. So they fight, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, they get to the uh, cor- they get to the um, the rope where the other table is outside. Mm-hmm. Two things could have happened if you wanted if you wanted Rusev if for Rusev to win, Machka kick Lashley goes through the table. Right. If you want to continue this feud, they standing in the corner. They um, Lashley attempts a suplex. Rusev just um, catch- catches himself and just jumps on the apron instead of going through the table. They brawl, they brawl, they brawl, and then both just fall through the table, causing a no contest. Right. You know, a draw. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. The wrong person won. To me, that just kind of just like, okay, what is with these storylines where the person in the wrong comes out as the victor? But then I realized, in the go-home show... Rusev got the upper hand over Lashley, so 50-50 booking. Yep. Strikes again. Yep. So, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what did you rate it? Two... Two, uh, two seven five. I'm giving it a two, period. Okay. Lead up was good, but the, the match itself felt a little clunky at times. Could have been better. Could have been a million times worse. As we're gonna get to here in a minute, and uh, yeah, it's it was it storyline wise, psychology wise, it was working right up into the finish, and then I lost. Okay. Then my my care got broken. All right. So good for what it was, but uh, like you said, wrong person won. End of story. And the final match. 
Final match uh, is the Kabuki Warriors, uh, the team of Asuka and Kairi Sane versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Who gives a crap? Go. Per, Wiki- per Wikipedia, this match went 26 minutes. In oh, my opinion... I thought it went twice as long. In my opinion, I like you said, felt like it was twice as long. And I also felt like it was 21 minutes or 23 minutes too damn long. It dragged ass. There was... Again, it was like they were gassed. It was like, what the hell just happened? It's like these girls, you know, they came out of the gate pretty strong, and then that's it. It's like they gassed themselves out, and how many times were we screaming at the television, go for the belts? That's why sometimes I hate these kind of matches, because they never go for the belts, and it drives me absolutely batshit nuts. <laughs> I just Defying common sense since 1963. Yep. Uh, with all, be, um, with all due, res- with all um, due respect to the women, they tried and they uh, worked their tails off. I still give this match a three. And the reason why I gave this match a three because even though, yes, it went too long mainly because they defied common sense and they've had many times to go for the belts, i.e. the Kabuki Warriors, but, you know, the arrogance got the best of them. And they still won, which is quite hilarious. Uh, that um, Asuka and Kairi Sane won because I think that... I, and, I guess it worked that way because in my mind I'm like they couldn't they can't possibly win because they are ruining all this time and trying to uh, trap Charlotte Flair in between the freaking chair and the kendo stick and tying up Becky Lynch like Penelope pit stop on railroad tracks with the and um, Kyrie Sane ends up getting a concussion which I think killed the match although the leg drop by Becky Lynch through the table. Uh, at one point, Kyrie Sane and Becky Lynch failed to go through the table, which sucked. And uh, Charlotte Flair went through th- went through the table. I thought that was pretty cool, but at the same time, they had multiple chances of going for the belts, and it just like it was just like a reg- it was like a regular hardcore match more than a TLC match. But at the end. Uh, Asuka and Kairi Sane won, so uh, the match wasn't bad. It just was a bit, like, like I said, a bit too long because they defied common sense, which is why it only gets a three. Now, if they didn't defy common sense, this might get a four, this might get a freaking four from me. But the fact of the matter is, is that between Kairi Sane's concussion, hence why she. Uh, was sloppy in a lot of spots, especially uh, dropping late from the spear. I think that's the reason as to why this match only gets a three, because of what I said previously. Because, uh, not to mention, you know, that should tell you the state of the tag team division that Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch had to 
team up to beat uh, the Kabuki Warriors because all the other tag teams are not doing much right now. They they broke up the Riot Squad. Fire and Desire is nothing right now. And you have no other tag teams. You know? Uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are not together anymore. And uh, Nia Jax is still out. So you don't have her with Tamina. Uh, it probably could have been Natalia and, and Lacey Evans, but that kind of went by the wayside because... They went to separate brands, and Blissful Cross is not in it. So, yeah, this is the best that they could have done. And but the thing that kind of was a slap in the face to the, these four women that worked their tails off was the fact that they immediately queued to the brawl that is still continuing out of randomness. Remember how I was saying earlier about the brawl? After the Rusev and Lashley match... Uh, you had the Street Profits uh, doing their backstage segment, and then they had a brawl between Roman, Corbin, and all of Roman and all of Corbin's goons. So, and they're brawling backstage, and they brawl to the arena at the end of this TLC match. They didn't even give them a chance to actually, you know, raise the belts up high and celebrate to close the show. They close the show with the pointless brawl that solved nothing. To where everyone, to where they fought into the stands, and Baron Corbin ends up freaking uh, getting speared by Roman Reigns into said goons because they're at the right place at the right time, and they fade to black. So the ending was trash. So with that said, I I give this pay per view a C plus. It wasn't the best. It wasn't bad. It was just a throwaway pay-per-view. Hopefully the Rumble is better. So, with all... So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned because we will be right back with our main event of the evening. Warning. This podcast may be recorded for audio purposes. I thought it was for quality assurance purposes. This is a podcast, not a collect call. Oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> so, welcome to our main event of the evening. Main event. Remember when I told you that this that uh, yes, uh, what was it? The last episode was our penultimate episode. This is our actual penultimate episode. As uh, in two weeks, we'll have our final episode of the season. Oh, because we're heading towards the end of the year. That's right. And what are we going to be doing for that? Uh, we'll just have to find out, won't we? I guess we shall. Information in our Facebook group. Yes. So if you are listening to this on the uh, the Spootfy, uh, Spotify, go over to facebook.com slash Russell Alliance Organization. We do have a little minor questionnaire. That's just simply because we want to... We are. We admit we are marks, but the one thing we cannot stand is we can't stand snarky marks. So we just want to make sure that you know we do have a bit of a vetting process. But the group is for fun and for wrestling fun, and that's all we want. So if you want to join up and you're not a snarky mark, come on down. Anyway, continuing on with the main event. All right. So. 
uh, Royal Rumbles on January 26, 2020. Yes. So, uh, what are what shall we expect from this? Because in my estimation, there's only one thing I would like to expect. What's that? 10 from Raw, 10 from SmackDown, 10 from NXT. Oh, the perfect formula. Yes, they must do it. Forget all the surprise entrance. Forget all the legend entrances. We've had too many legends show up in 2019. Just do the Rumble proper with all three brands. That's true, but I mean, personally... That's one of the reasons why I love the Rumble so much is because I like surprises. I do. I like me a good surprise. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not like surprises and bad. I don't like those surprises. I like good surprises. Like people we've, we've seen do comebacks. I mean, but, but I, but you are right. And they're still doing both the men's and the women's, right? Yes. So that it would be interesting. I don't know who would go over, but you know what? The Royal Rumble's always been my favorite match. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. I would love to see Keith Lee eliminate Seth Rollins in the Rumble. Oh, just to say. Number 29 and number 30. Just to say, screw you. Yep. <laughs> Keith Lee's number one. He lasts all the way to the end. Ooh. Pulling like a Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And, um,. Cause like I think that'll be that'll be great like Survivor Series. Oh, what do we get? Bragging rights, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, if they if they did it right, mm-hmm. they should have had oh the winner of the of the war should gets the number thirtieth entrance spot in the Rumble. I wouldn't be too surprised if a bunch of folks are um, talking about that in the writers' room as we speak. Like I would have num- number thirty be Tommaso Ciampa. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, because you know NXT won the war, and since Raw's a loser, um, you know they don't get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they get the number thirty spot. So NXT gets number thirty spot. They get Champa, mm-hmm. and Keith Lee's number one. So you have those two pillars. Yeah. And then just fill in with anybody. Yeah. I mean, who? You know, you talked about Keith Lee eliminating Seth Rollins. Yes. Who? Who would you like to see? Uh, what other eliminations would you like to see, and by whom? Uh, I mean, I think we've kind of seen the norm. Okay. I, I think we've kind of seen all of them. To, to be honest with you, uh, I would love to see a returning female in the rumble. Okay. Um, I don't know if who's gonna be there to be honest with you. If 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 all goes well with Ruby Riot, that'll be cool. Or Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that. Or Beth Phoenix in the Rumble again. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of eliminations, mm-hmm. if Shayna Baszler drops the belt, I would like to see her get eliminated by one Tony Storm. That would be great, but or mm-hmm. have her get elim- have Tony Storm eliminate Charlotte Flair. I would like Tony Storm to eliminate Charlotte Flair, but I would also like to see Shayla Baszler eliminate Becky. Interesting. But I don't think Becky is going to drop the title between then and now. I mean, no, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Becky and Charlotte for the Rumble because it makes sense after they lost the belts. Why not? Uh, as far as SmackDown. A women's championship match. It should honestly, it should be a triple threat. Okay. Um, uh, it should be Bailey mm-hmm. versus 
Lacey Evans mm-hmm. with Sasha Banks. So reason, like a two on one. Yes, but Sasha Banks is but it's kind of like you know although she's with although she was it's kind of like a dissension a little bit. Okay. Because obviously they they keep doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. It would make sense as Sasha Banks, all, even though they're best friends with Bailey, she is a bit of a narcissist. So you have that. Yeah, that's true. And then have her, have her, uh, Bailey and Lacey Evans in Triple Threat. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool to see. Probably on a pre-show. Um, in terms of the ch- uh, ch- main, in terms of the main card, have the Raw Tag Team Championships defended on the main card. Don't have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships defended at all on the card. Wow. Because uh, they need to build up their tag teams. Honestly. Agreed. The OC should win against the Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. If, if not here at WrestleMania. Um, have the Intercontinental Championship match that was that should have happened happen? Braun Strowman beating Shinsuke. I agree. Uh, Ray, no, yeah, Ray versus Randy versus AJ Styles. I like it. Uh, you can have that. Um, have this have the Intercontinental Championship be defended on a pre-show as well. So you have two pre-show matches. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you have Raw, and then you have the, uh, trying to think here. Because if you're going to have Brock come back uh-huh. and be in, at the Rumble, who is he going to face? Stroke of the chin, stroke of the chin. Oh, this would be easy. What? Instead of the uh, triple threat match between Randy, AJ, and Ray, just have... Freaking the re just have um Randy and Ray face off on the pre show. Okay. And then have Brock versus Seth and Kevin. That would be cool. Yeah. So you have the Raw Tag Team title match, you have the WWE championship match, you have the women's match uh-huh. for for Raw, and then you have the two rumbles. Five matches plus three on the pre show, so eight matches total. Yep. So it's gonna be so that's gonna be a long review. Either way, it's standard. Yeah. Um. And it's it's gonna be interesting because it's like, hey, knock it off. Sorry, I got a dog that keeps licking. Um, but for the most part, I um. I always look forward to the Rumbles the most, just simply because it's like the rest of the, the matches, unless they build them up, I don't care. I mean, that's just me, though. Whereas the Rumble, it's like, it's like, um, the only thing I can equate it to is like, it's like shaking the etch a sketch. You know, this is the start of a new year, um, going into WrestleMania, we're going, you know, this is when WrestleMania season really starts picking up. There's only a few Royal Rumble matches, <laughs> excluding the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. that I was actually excited for. Yeah. Main two of them involving Triple H. Yeah, right. So, but we'll see what happens. Um, personally, it's kind of like a giant bird flip. Anytime an NXT, current NXT guy, eliminates, or girl eliminates... Someone who was former NXT, I'm going to cheer for it. 
just simply because of this whole, you know, people were were looking at NXT for a long time as the that's the developmental, and it still is. But in my in my opinion, I'm of the the belief that it's not really developmental anymore, but it is definitely um because they're outperforming the current roster and there's no reason for it. I would have Baszler I would have um I wouldn't have Baszler when the, when the women's rumble. Ugh. You would not? I wouldn't. Okay. It, well that's fine. Who yeah. would you like to see win the women's rumble? I don't know to be honest. I guess it just all depends on who yeah, ends up showing all, up in there. It all depends who ends up showing up in there. I mean, there's a couple of people I have on my list, but mostly they're all NXT. Uh, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Tony Storm. Um, in terms of Raw and SmackDown, who? Yeah, right. Maybe Alexa Bliss. That yeah. that might be nice, but we've already seen her as a title chick. This, the, women's, the women's roster in general needs a revamp. Yeah, it it does. It's like, actually, the, I mean, I want to say the whole rosters do, but it, the problem is, is like, you know, right now the male roster is so bloated, oh, it's not yeah. even funny anymore. It really isn't. And, you know, but I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing what happens. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be team black and gold. So see what ha- let let's see what goes but and we all know the formula don't try to break warlord's record oh for the love of christ because santino morella did not break warlord's record i thought he did look look closely look closely oh. yeah he was off by 0.2 seconds oh okay and they claim that oh it's one second i'm like no it's actually 2.1 yeah so haha so but i think that's it but it's Royal Rumble is always an exciting time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the gift you get after Christmas. So. Unless the gift is Roman Reigns. An ugly sweater. A la 2015. I was about to say from 2013 to 2016. Oh, wow. That was bad. Yes. But I mean, I can probably name all the Royal Rumble winners. Yep. So, cause let, let, let's let's go for a little trivia. Mm-hmm. In '88, you had Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. '89, you had Big John Studd. Right. Uh, '90 and '91, you had Hogan. '92, mm-hmm. you had Flair. Yeah. '93, Yokozuna. '94 mm-hmm. was a tie between Hitman Harsh. And Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. 95 and 96, you had Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. 97 and 98, you had Steve Austin. Yep. 99, you had Vince. Mm-hmm. 2000, you had The Rock. Mm-hmm. 2001, you had Austin. Mm-hmm. 2002, you had Triple H. Mm-hmm. 2003 is Lesnar. Yeah. 2004 is Benoit. Mm-hmm. 2005, it's Batista. Mm-hmm. 2006 is Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. 2007's Undertaker, 2008 is Cena, 2009 is Orton, 2010 is Edge, 2011 is Alberto Del Rio, mm-hmm. 2012 Sheamus, 13 Cena, 14 Batista, mm-hmm. 15 Roman, mm-hmm. 16 Triple H, mm-hmm. 
17, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. 18, Shinsuke. 19, Rollins. <sighs> 31 years. Anyway. <laughs> I got nothing else other than... So, but Rumble time is going to be a fun time and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what kind of matches they build up. And I, I always intend, at least for Rumble matches themselves, to be pleasantly surprised. And that's all I want. Cool. That's what I want. I want pleasant surprises by everybody. Awesome sauce. I don't want to, I, I, I don't like it when people try to predict the Rumble or say, oh, we called the Rumble. Go fuck yourself. You're taking the whimsy out of it. Don't do that to me. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be the return of counting down the clock again by the fans. Eee. Dang it, Pennsylvania. And we're going to be doing it, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our uh, episode. And we will catch you on our season finale. The holiday special, a.k.a. the best of 2019. So that'll be a three sweet from us. We out, people.